Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Beth Onifrak. She's a clinical psychologist in private practice in Phoenix, Arizona. Dr. Beth is all about helping children thrive, starting in the toddler, preschool, and early elementary years. Hi, Beth. Welcome to Family Confidential. Good morning, Annie. So nice to be with you. Well, it's certainly nice to see you finally after all these email exchanges. This is what I love about Twitter and social media is that you can actually be friends and get a really nice sense of people before you ever connect with them. And then you get that nice sense reinforced when you're actually talking. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Well, I was just on your website, and I wanted to find out um, more about your concept about thriving children because, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't hear this word thrive very much, and Mm -hmm. I love it as a gardener. I want my plants to thrive. So can you give me a definition of what is a thriving child? Oh, absolutely. Um, I hear the word thrive every time a family meets me for the first time in what's uh, the first appointment is called a parent intake. And this is a word that comes up over and over again um, that they I I ask a question at the end of my intake paperwork that says, um, say that you were to run into somebody six months from now, somebody that knows your your family and your child very well, but hasn't seen you in a while um, and things have gotten better somehow. What would you like to be able to say? And that is the area of the paperwork where the word thrive comes up the most. And they say, I want to be able to say he is just thriving. She is just blossoming in every way. Um, the other thing they want is for their child to have some um, better coping skills, um, and which I think is connected with their thriving. Um, but it's, it's a word I hear all the time. Okay, so I know with young children, and those are the parents of young children are the ones that, that you work with. Do you work with the children directly as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Preschool through, uh, yes, preschool through the primary grade years are my specialty. Okay. And I know that part of growing up is learning to manage destructive emotions. And Mm -hmm. and so when you mention coping skills, that's the first place that my brain goes to. Mm -hmm. I would like, if I say my kid is thriving, that he or she is no longer having a meltdown when I say, no, sweetheart, you can't have another cookie. It's too close Mm -hmm. to dinner. Yes. Um, we're on the same page here? We're on the same page. This is my <laughs> this is my daily bread. <laughs> okay, so the coping skills, I mean, part of it is just like learning what it's like to navigate this human existence with these emotions that sometimes in a hairpin trigger flare up without our bidding. And, and for adults, they can be overwhelming. So you can imagine for a four-year-old, for example, my goodness, you know, I want it. I want it now and you won't give it to me. I feel frustrated. I feel angry. I feel powerless. And yet we as the parent and or teacher want our children to learn how to deal with that. (sighs) It's hard. So what advice can you give parents? Yes. Well, that is what I'm doing pretty much all day long, um, either in the clinic or my office setting here, working with families one-on-one, or in my workshops and seminars where I try to disseminate that information more broadly. Um, well, the way I think about it is that emotions, especially for the young child, are awfully different, uh, awfully difficult to manage. For one, you can't see and touch a feeling. You know, when you're learning colors, you can see something that's yellow, you can learn how that's written, but a feeling just emerges from within, like a, a volcano or a tsunami really is what, what children describe, how they describe it to me. And um, 
Also, it's awfully difficult for them to get words on those feelings. And so often what just comes out is a torrent of, I hate you, you're the worst, you don't love me, instead of, I really had my heart set on this, my heart and soul set on this, and I'm, I'm devastated that I can't have it right now. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, a, a thriving child is not one who never has a meltdown, because we all have meltdowns. Yep, and it's uh, and it's awfully hard to think straight during a meltdown as well. You know, Annie, I'm sure that that you as well as I have had moments where we said, "Ah, I was just so mad I couldn't even think straight." Right. And yet, as adults, we're often very much asking kids to think straight in the middle of a meltdown. Like, you know, if you calm down right now, then we'll be able to have this thing, and if you don't, it's just going to last longer. You know, and it's. Kind of logical uh, okay. thinking. So you're Not you're happening. asking them to do something that at that moment they can't they physically cannot do because as I know their brain is kind of working against them. They're in emergency fired up mode. They absolutely are. Their limbic system, that kind of batch of structures in the middle of the brain, is on fire. And when your limbic system is on fire, it actually takes blood flow and oxygen from the frontal lobes where we do problem solving. And so when the child's in the middle of a limbic meltdown, logic and words and consequences, they seem to the adult mind like they're going to work, but they're just not going to work at all. Okay, I'm going to stop you for a second because I can imagine with many parents, when your kid is in a limbic meltdown, you too <laughs> start getting into a limbic meltdown, especially <laughs> if you're in a public place or you need to get that kid out the door because you've got an appointment. It's, it's school. It's, yes. you know, a million other things. And mm-hmm. you don't have, quote, time for this. Or yes. there are prying, judging eyes from who I call the bad parent police. Yes. Um, and so it's really, really hard for you to um, model the kind of calm response, not necessarily talky-talky, but the yes. kind of calm response that the kid needs. So, Dr. Beth. What can I do here? Yes. Very good. That was good. That was a breathing. (laughs) (sighs) Feels better. (laughs) I guess I'm kind of modeling it a bit. What I always tell parents is that it really is so unfair that your child's calm depends upon your calm. It's completely unfair. unfair. However, there is no other way around it. There is, there is no other way around it. It's not my opinion. It's a law of gravity that <laughs> when the parent is upset, and I kind of, um, I talk about elevators, you know, when the adult, when the child's upset, elevators going up to, you know, sixth floor of the anger building. And if the parent's elevator goes up to the seventh floor, then we're just going to blow through the top of the building. Yeah. And so I spend a lot of time in my parent workshops and seminars on, on this part early on, helping explain to folks from a brain science point of view why they're upset, why parent upsetness, A, doesn't work, and B, actually prevents your child from coping because it it, it flares up the limbic system. This, I find, is the most transformative piece of information that I deliver, and so I'm happy to kind of share it with you as well. It's It's why yelling never works, because yelling just in flames that, as you've aptly called it, the threat center there in the in the limbic system. And so as long as kids are feeling, well, now not only am I not getting this thing that I want, but now my parents make that face and they're screaming at me really loud and now I'm going to lose something. Uh-huh. Um, problem solving doesn't have a prayer. No. 
and collecting yourself at that point isn't going to happen at all. And so I empathize with parents, um, most of all by saying that, you know, please don't think I'm some saint here sitting here and, you know, complete composure all day long because that's <laughs> not how I live. But trying to catch yourself in the middle of that explosion inside and just remember, A, this will not work. B, this will set back what I'm trying to accomplish. Uh, counterproductive. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfair. It's totally unfair that, <laughs> that, that the parent emotion dictates the child's coping. But it's how it goes. I see child coping in these early years as a joint venture between parent and child. Um, when you ask me what a thriving child is, well, folks often bring their kids to me because they want me to teach the child something to do when he gets upset. And somewhere along the way, they say, oh, you're actually kind of helping my child by teaching me, aren't you? Yeah. I say, well, yes, only because your child's coping is intertwined with your coping. And so yeah. as supportively as I can, I um, try to help bring families to a new place. So this sounds like the kind of training I got in my puppy training class in a way. Yeah. If <laughs> There is behavior that the dog is doing that you don't want to be yelling at the dog isn't helpful because, you know, they're, they're tuned into your anxiety levels in the same way. And, and yet when you come from a calm, certain place, when you put your own oxygen mask on first, and then you are in a much better place, A, to model and just, you know, to to handle what's going on, take the child away from, from the, maybe the, the trigger that's, that's stressing them out, um, give them an opportunity to calm down. And then later, depending on what their language development skills are, then you can debrief from it and, and take whatever lessons so that the next time, and you better believe there will be a next time, <laughs> there is a meltdown of some sort. Your child now can um, say, okay, I, I do remember that, and this is what worked. I'm going to try harder to move in that direction versus this direction, which only makes things worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ah, lots of breathing. So parenting um, <laughs> is one of those lifelong mm -hmm. occupations with, mm -hmm. with the, um, well, let's not say the challenges, it, they're opportunities, opportunities to mm -hmm. help yourself as an adult individual become more grounded because your kid is going to be reminding you all the time that they need your leadership. Yes, yes. It's awfully hard to calm down in the moment. And one of the things that I emphasize in my, uh, my parent workshop, um, actually both Savvy Solutions for Your Challenging Young Child and uh, the Child Sight Method, I encourage folks to reflect after the fact. Um, whoa, that was a really difficult exchange. I know I didn't handle that the way I wanted to. And many folks sit on my couch right over there, um, quite embarrassed, sheepish, saying, you know, oh, boy, I know that is not how I should have handled things, almost apologizing to me, mm -hmm. um, just feeling so bad about it. In the moment, it's hard to grab control. But afterwards, I, I suggest that they kind of take some moments after that and say, oh, man, if I could have done that again. What might have been a way that I, I could have calmed myself in the moment? Count to 10 backwards. Um, say, you know, apples, oranges, peaches, banana, whatever. Um, a variety of coping things that they could kind of rehearse at a calm time to maybe have a little bit more available online at another time. And nobody's perfect. Yeah. 
I also talk with folks about, um, uh, you know, the expression that, you know, on first thought, oh, and on second thought. I say, well, we've got <laughs> first response and second response. We've got mm-hmm. that all the time. And a, a parent can have a blow-up moment and then say, hold it. I am really sorry. You know, I know yelling at you at this moment is, is not helping. <sighs> Let me take a moment, honey. Why don't you take a moment, honey? Let's shake it out together. Mm-hmm. Whew, let's blow out some birthday candles together. <laughs> blow out birthday candles. Okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Erase, erase, erase. Okay. How about you and me start this again, Jeremy? Let's just try this one more time. Yeah, uh, yeah that kind of awareness mm-hmm. that um, your choices matter. And mm-hmm. that you're more likely to do things that you will later feel good about rather than regret if mm-hmm. you take that moment. And that moment is, wow, Beth, you know, as we were just talking at the beginning, how quickly emotions flare up. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think about it as a runaway train, just mm-hmm. just heading right to the cliff. And you have a very small window of opportunity between the time you you notice the acceleration to the time the train actually goes over the cliff (laughs) and then you do or say something you'll later regret you have a very small window of opportunity to put the brakes on and so what i like to tell people and and i'm guessing you probably do similar things is, is instead of always um trying to play catch up and repair damages, which is great because you learn from those things mm-hmm. to become more mindful of what your boiling point is so that you can start to see when you're starting to feel those feelings of mm-hmm. acceleration. Yes. And what can yes. you do at, yes. that, at that time to just like calm down? Yes. It, it's always breathing, isn't it? I mean, it's like... <laughs> it is. Well, you know, it's it's how the body works. It's It's how the parasympathetic nervous system calms down. It's... Like I said, it's not even my opinion. That that's just science. <laughs> just the way it works. And, and when you get your your breathing going, yeah. your heart rate lowers, and then you're you're more likely to be in that place in your brain where you actually can make more thoughtful decisions. Yes. Yes. And because it's so hard to do these things in the moment, yeah. I often encourage folks as they encounter minor frustrations during their day like I can't find my car keys and I have to leave in three minutes ago. (laughs) Take a moment if your child is around to say, oh, oh yes, this is a moment where I can kind of model a coping skill. I like it. Um, Grabbing hold or maybe that's too urgent an issue if you're, (laughs) you need your car keys. But um, like, you know, you open the fridge and you had wanted to have some cereal and you open the fridge and there's no milk. No milk. Have you been in our fridge? (laughs) There was no milk this morning. (laughs) <laughs> and I say, folks, grab that opportunity. It is a low-level stressor that you've got full control over. Say your thoughts out loud. Oh, man, I had my heart set on that cereal and there's no milk. Ugh! What's my feeling? I am frustrated and I'm disappointed and I'm kind of sad. Well, honey, what am I going to do about it? Well, I think I better do some breathing and show your child your breathing. And um, say, well, I'm feeling a little bit cooler now, and I'm just going to have to, here's my three favorite words, I'm going to have to change my plan. Change my plan. I'm going to have to change my plan. Hmm, my plan was to have that cereal. But what's another way that I can still stay happy this morning? Oh, so you're asking your child for input? You're kind of saying out loud to yourself, okay. kind of making your coping process in this low-level stressor uh-huh. um, audible and visual to your child. Lovely. Which goes miles and miles. Folks don't expect that this is what I'm going to be telling them when they bring me their four and their five and their six-year-old. They think I'm going to be telling her 
yeah, what yeah. to do. <laughs> and this perhaps is the biggest message of my of my career, really, um, how I've come to feel about young child development, that coping is a joint venture between parent and child. And from what I'm learning and what we're all learning increasingly about brain science is that all these interactions, especially in these really critical young years, they're literally building your child's brain, literally wiring in pathways of calm, effective coping or pathways of explosion that can sort of become what I sort of call emotional habits over time. No, this is really great stuff. Oh, I'm so glad that we talked because, you know, this morning when I couldn't find the milk, I was a little bit stressed and disappointed. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) This Uh, is great. Um, Before we leave, Beth, can mm -hmm. you please tell our listeners and viewers where they can Mm -hmm. find out more about your interesting work? Oh, thank you so much. Um, The quickest place is to go to my website, which is drbethkids.com. That's drbethkids.com kids.com and that leads you to um, other um, online resources of mine my blog which is called a child in mind which is kind of a series of little mini mini essays about clinical pieces of advice I find myself giving over and over Um, or what's hit me that day as you well know (laughs) Um, also on there is a list of the workshops and seminars that I offer Um, my full fall lineup is um, is available there to to see and registration and details Um, also my media page is there which is a link to some other online um, content pieces that I've done on TV or radio and I'll soon be adding this nice podcast Oh, well, great. (laughs) Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for the work that you do, Beth. I'm sure that you have so many families and kids. And when those kids grow up, they'll take those new learning skills into the families that they build. So I have no greater hope. (laughs) That is wonderful. I I talk about it as um, working for world peace, one family at a time. (laughs) Oh, I love that. As well as all the other work that you do, Annie. Thank you so much for all that you do for families. Thank you. Um, And thank you for being with me today. A pleasure. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And please check out my book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. Tune in next week when my guest will be Dr. Deborah Gilboa, a.k.a. Dr. G. Dr. G and I will be talking about her new book, which is called How to Get the Behavior You Want Without Being the Parent You Hate. (laughs) Until next time, happy parenting.